We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the Culture Friday, Lucky Lefty Podcast, I'm Sean Davis at SD2 Mics, brought to you and featuring Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure that you do so responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. In a few moments, we're going to have, because we promoted it, 
We didn't want to push it back. Devin Jackson, Philadelphia Inquirer, formerly of Irish Breakdown, former recruiting analyst last year with us for a month or so. He's down at the senior boat. He's going to join us momentarily. Left is going to be tapping in. He was on the road yesterday traveling to Arizona to take care of some business over the weekend. He should be logging in in a few moments. We know what the main topic is today. We're going to get to it. Uh, we're going to be heavy questions today from LL Nation. Heavy questions from LL Nation. I think we're going to come at the Tom Reese interview with Alabama for the offensive coordinator position and ultimately what had been reported later on on yesterday as an offer, an official offer coming from Nick Saban and Alabama for the position of offensive coordinator over the Crimson Tide. So we'll get into that and we'll talk about what's next. I'll tell you this, this is a win-win. I think this is a win-win for everyone involved except Probably Nick Saban. That's it. Nick Saban is the only one that can lose in this entire situation. Uh, we'll talk about that. Like I said, Malik will be joining us momentarily. But we bring in as a special guest right here on For the Culture Friday, I got Devin Jackson, who's been down at the Senior Bowl all week. Devin, how you feeling, man? Did you get any rest last night? Yeah, I finally got some rest last night uh, after a busy first couple of days of practice. Uh, I got in on Tuesday and um, I pretty much went straight to my hotel and then straight to practice because I, I didn't really have time to, uh, you know, kind of settle. But uh, but yeah, it's been it's been a great couple of days. We actually had all three practices in person, which from other people and in, in media I've learned from that's it's unheard of being able to attend all three days of practice, but the weather really held up nicely. And uh, again, today it's a, it's a really nice day here in Mobile. So is the weather going to be okay for Saturday's game? Yeah, it's going to be beautiful, sunny and like 58. Uh, so we're, we're not going to have really any bad weather. Honestly, they, they didn't have uh, terrible weather all week. Uh, the first day was hot 75. A lot of people got sunburned. Uh, just because it was unexpected that uh, they were gonna, uh, it was gonna be that hot uh, in the middle of January. Um, but uh, but but since then, you know, like it was it was a little dreary on Wednesday and Thursday's practice. But predict the conditions were were about as good as you can ask for. So I'm very very uh, happy to to be there all three days of practice with, with no hiccups. I'm very interested to get to a couple of guys specifically, but I just want to ask you about the Notre Dame guys. You know, how did their weeks go? It seems like Isaiah Foskey is making a lot of money this week at the Senior Bowl. He's looked really good in his measurables, his size. He's just a prototypical linebacker drop defensive end for a modern-day defense in the NFL. Yeah, he he, he put together a, a really solid week for sure. Um, you know, when, when you think about, like, the level of tackles, I, I, I would say it was high-level tackles, especially in day one. Obviously, you got Dewan Jones and – uh, Darnell Wright down here and then a lot of great tackles and uh, he, he you know held his own uh, quite a bit I know Dewan Jones got him got him you know once or twice but Foskey uh, well we saw that week one against Ohio State so yeah. that's yeah I mean he's a massive human it, it's it you know it's gonna happen but yeah. uh but Foskey really held his own I thought he did a really nice job showing some versatility be able to drop as well uh into coverage so I think he, he really earned himself a, a really nice spot to solidify himself as a day two pick for sure. Um, 
and you know maybe a team you know falls in love with him a little bit more especially when testing comes and well whatnot maybe sneaks back of back end of round one but Foskey did did a really nice job for for Patterson you know on the other hand I thought he had an up and down week um you know like you see that he's very technically sound he he understands the nuances of playing as an interior offensive lineman and um you know, I, I just think, you know, with the, the the lower body strain needs to continue to improve. But, you know, he, he's a good baseline. You know, he, he played center and guard uh, at, you know, down in Mobile. Um, and, and I think that will help kind of his stock as well to show that he's not just a center. He's not just a guard. Uh, he's a guy you can move around the line a little bit in the interior. And I think think from, you know, just from that aspect, I think he really helped himself, too. Um, but you know, it's, it's expected. These guys are being thrown into kind of the fire, uh, unfamiliar territory where you have to kind of really adjust on the fly. And I thought he did a really nice job. Even the days that he didn't do as well, he bounced back the next day and, and came ready and focused and, and ready to go. In your opinion, give me your top risers or the guys that really stood out. I, I know one from Tulane. We've seen the highlights. We yeah, will say think, him. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. talk about him separately. But other than that guy, who were some of the guys that really stood out for you? Well, I'll week? tell you what. Uh, one guy that I was excited coming in and, and was even more floored by was Will McDonald, the Iowa State edge. He is incredibly long, long, fluid athlete. Uh, I think he's going to test off the charts because what he did, you know, in, in the practices, just being able to drop in coverage, that's something we didn't see on the tape. They played that weird three three five defense at Iowa State. You know, he's mainly, you know, a, a down defensive lineman, like five tag four eye. And there were reps where he still, you know, got after the quarterback uh, on on his tape. But when down at the senior bowl, they really unleashed him, and and he showed uh, that he was a three four outside backer at the NFL level. And I think he's going to be a really good one too. Uh, I got to talk to him after day one of practice and just how cerebral he is, how he understands his toolbox. Um, you know, he, his go-to move is a spin, but he was able to win on the outside path. He was able to, you know, like work the the inside corner. And he beat Darnell Wright almost every time he went up against him in one-on-ones, in team. Um, so I, I was just so impressed with what he was able to put together this week at 241 pounds. I think he's going to add a little bit more weight to his frame. Um, but, but I think you're getting a, a very explosive player uh, that, that can drop in the coverage. He made some nice plays in, in coverage as well uh, at his size. So I'm, I was just floored by him. And then another one is South Carolina de- defensive back Darius Rush. I was extremely, extremely surprised with his route recognition ability, his ability to, to get underneath routes. Um, he did it so often, and, and it pretty much seemed like he knew what the receivers were running before – they even got at the top of their break. You know, he was on them from, from the get-go. I think maybe he lost maybe a, a handful of reps total over the three days, which, you know, they – I mean, they probably went 20, 25 times on a one-on-one specifically. But yesterday what really stamped it for me. You know, he won four of the five reps in the one-on-one session, uh, got an interception in team period where he uh, got underneath a dig route right at the goal line, and, and it seemed like he knew the route all the way. He just put together a really nice day. And I think for me, uh, I think he's a top 100 pick for sure after doing what he did down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I thought his tape was was a little inconsistent, but but just from the Senior Bowl and how he was able to showcase his full skill set, I, I was really impressed with him too. 
Now, where could players yeah, go? go ahead, love. I mean, you know, it's such an intense moment being in the scouting combine. You know, it's all feeling like it comes down to just this weekend. But what can you describe how a player could not test well or do well and what that looks like in a week like this? Yeah, I think for, you know, it, it's this is kind of like the a lot of these guys, like the first exposure to some of these scouts, because. You know, I know that they're on the road constantly, but you could see, you know, pretty much every single practice. I mean, there was coaches from all over the NFL. Mike Tomlin uh, made an appearance and, and was coaching up some of the guys. So it's it's, re- it's very valuable to be down here to not only, you know, play well and, and be able to play against top competition, but you're getting that one-on-one interaction with NFL teams or they're interviewing after practice and in kind of the evening sessions and getting to meet with all these teams. Um, so you, you get a lot of players that get to talk to a lot of these teams and, and really build relationships. And, um, you know, I, I think it doesn't all hinge on, you know, testing at the combine. I think, you know, being able to see them in person, how they do against top competition, um, how they do in pads specifically, because, you know, the combine is known as, you know, you're, you know, you're in, in compressions and, and right, you know, and, and it seems like everything's riding on it. But I think you really build a nice baseline here at the Senior Bowl and be able to to really garner those garner those connections and, uh, you know, really show what you can do, you know, when when, you know, all the these coaches are looking at these guys. So I, I think it's, it's valuable from that aspect where it, it's like a lot that, you know, people don't see, you know, like everyone thinks this is a combine is end all be all, but it's not. You know, I think this is a good spot to uh, forge those connections and understand the play speed aspect of it. They see them in person. This is this is the play speed aspect of it. And these guys, um, you know, while they might not run where people it looks like on tape, per se, when you get to see them in person, I think it's it's even more valuable. Once again, we're talking to Devin Jackson, Philly Inquirer right here. Lucky Lucky podcast. As I said, man, I met Devin just earlier this earlier in 2022. His short time on Irish Breakdown, we're doing recruiting work together and uh, continue to stay connected. I'm happy that he's over at the Philly Inquirer right now, but I want to tap into something that he does left because he's a betting producer, bro. Mm. So I, you know, give me your best bets from the week down there in Mobile, Alabama. If you are a GM, mm-hmm. NFL GM, give me your best bets going into the um, NFL draft. I think – Dewan Jones towards the end of the first round seems very likely, especially after he dominated day one. And I, I just for him to be able to move at that size at, at you know, like three, I think 375 is what he weighed in here um, and be able to talk to him. He lost three percent body fat since the season ended. Uh, he, he was playing at about 27 percent during the season, cut it down to 24 percent. So he, he's losing some of the bad weight. Uh, he worked on his agility um he really locked in and, and showed that I think he's worthy of a first round pick, you know, albeit towards the end of the first round. I think I think he's he's gonna be taken higher than Darnell Wright, uh, in my opinion. I think I wow. think he really he really showcased how dominant he was and and I don't think he answered all the questions. You you still want to see him work more against how does he kind of handle the speed aspect of, of pass rushers, but I think being able to handle power, being able to uh, have you know multiple techniques to to beat guys. You know the jump sets, the vertical sets. You saw it all showcased on that first day of practice, and and it was just you know just a dominant display from him. So I would say that is is one of my things. And in, in Darius Rush going top 100, I think 
that he's really starting to trend that way, especially if he tests well at the combine. Um, so that would be my two top bets for sure. I think Will McDonald could be a top 50 pick too, um, just because now people, now teams see he was being misused at Iowa State. And I think a lot of people, based on just the film, they're like, I, I don't know if I see it with this guy, but you see the the flexibility, the, the bendability. Um, and then the coverage ability. I think all those three things combined. I think I think those he uh, f- to me feels like a top fifty guy. And then you know he, he, he might even be higher than that. You know once he tests because I think he's really going to test off the charts too. Yeah, the most intriguing rush guys, and this is a you can get some quality defensive rush ends. Yeah, because there's depth there in this draft. It really is. That's why teams like the Chicago Bears might lean towards a defensive tackle. You know, with their pick because they know they can go get yes, a rush in late, right. like a rush in. And dude, the, the uh, I forget his last name. The kid from Texas Tech is rising up the board. Yeah, Tyree so, Wilson. Tyree he was Wilson. He's supposed to be down here, but he pulled out because he was getting top ten buzz. So yeah, uh, Devin Witherspoon is another guy that was supposed to be down here. Uh, he's he's going for sure first round, probably the top half of it. So you know, just thinking about that, like the edge class was already insane here in Mobile. And this just the seniors, you know, you're not right. even taking into the underclassmen like Will Anderson, BJ Ojolari, um, and, and guys like that uh, that that weren't you know eligible for the senior bowl. But you know the the edge class here was was fantastic too. I didn't even get to talk about Derek Hall from Auburn, who was another stud here in, at the senior bowl. Um, Foskey obviously had had himself a nice week too. Uh, Will McDonald too. So. There, there's a lot of guys that, that are really, really showcasing their their ability, and it, it was it was a fun session each day on the one on ones, and it's for both teams, not just the American team, not just the national team. Uh, the edge class in general at the Senior Bowl is probably the best I've seen in years. Now, Michael Mayer, Notre Dame tight end, is pretty much seen as tight end one in the NFL draft. Is there anybody that's right there at tight end too that kind of because you, you had a good group this week of tight ends that were making plays all over the field? Did anybody stand out that can drop maybe jump up the tight end two, tight end three? Yeah, so Luke Musgrave was a guy, Oregon State tight end was a guy that people there's some people are high on, some people aren't as high on him, but you really saw the the natural speed. I think uh, I think last night it came out. So every day they have the uh, the mile per hours, uh, you know, like kind of uh, statistic that uh, the Senior Bowl posts. And he was the I think the first Senior Bowl tight end ever to hit twenty miles an hour uh, during a practice. So that tells you he's he's a fast dude. Like he's he's extremely athletic, extremely fast. And I thought he did a really nice job working the vertical plane at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he was able to hit the seams. He was able to, uh, you know, get past linebackers and safeties. Had a really nice rep one on one against Chris Smith from Georgia. Uh, so you you see the guy that you know the a team is looking for uh, just a straight pass catcher. I think he can be the guy that you know really rises up boards, and um, I think he's going to test well. He he has limited tape this year. Only played a couple games because of injury. But the senior bowl was extremely valuable for him. And and it, I, I think it, it really is going to uh, help his stock. And while I, I still think the blocking aspect of it isn't there, I, I just don't think that's, you know, uh, a big part of his game. The receiving ability will leave a lot of teams wanting to uh, to select him and, and be a part of their offense. 
any anecdotes or like small stories like from teams or scouts that you got a chance to talk to about particular players or trends going into the NFL draft? Yeah, so Keon White was the first or the the buzz of the first day, uh, the uh, defensive lineman from Georgia Tech, uh, and he appeared on Dar- Daniel Jeremiah's uh, big board at number eight. So already going today, he was already talked about as a as a guy that uh, probably should be starting to get mocked first round because uh, a lot of people were like kind of low on him, you know, on the media side, but. He came out the first day and and he immediately, uh, you know, <laughs> um, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, solidify what Daniel Jeremiah was saying about him because uh, he was he's a he came in at 280. Uh, his hands are, are heavy. You know, he, he gets into the chest of offensive line consistently uh, at Georgia Tech. They they put him in reduced formation. So he would play three tech on some passing downs, uh, a four eye. Uh, five tech, but they they really let him uh, let him go this week, and they let him work the outside track, uh, be able to uh, you know shoot gaps in the run game. Uh, so he really did it did it all this week, and I think for him he is uh, in that first round conversation because of it. So I, I think he was one of those guys that that came in and came in with a lot of buzz, and then immediately uh, solidified that buzz as, as a really standout player. Um, Julius Brents is someone that is really starting to buzz among teams. He has a 6'11 uh, wingspan uh, as a 6'3 corner, 202 pounds. Wait a minute. You said a 6'11 wingspan as yep. a corner? Yep. Yep. And you can see it when you see him. Like his his arms are like dangling by his knees. That's, that's how long uh, his arms are. But he came in and uh, I got to talk to him a little bit uh, after practice on day one. Uh, very cerebral prayer cerebral player um you know he's a, a guy that a lot of people expect to press you know be a press man corner uh be in the face of receivers but he showed his ability to mix it up so he was doing the motor techniques and press bail um and still getting his hand you know on the football down the field uh he had a really nice rep at the beginning of practice yesterday where uh they were doing kind of best on best and uh, he, he ran stride for stride with the receiver, uh, found and located the football and uh, got a hand on it. So uh, Brents was a, was a guy, too, that I thought, you know, a lot of people wanted to see how he would fare, how his length would show up. And it showed up big time. I think he's a guy, too, like, you know, we saw what Tyreek Woolen did last year uh, at the Senior Bowl. Didn't have the greatest week, but he had a, you know, tremendous wingspan, tremendous athletic ability. Uh, ended up going day three in the draft and uh, one of the best rookie corners in the NFL this year. And Brents is on that kind of same trajectory. Yeah. Uh, I think he gets selected a little bit higher than Woolen because I think they saw what Woolen did. So I think teams are going to now react accordingly. But I think Brents was another guy that came in, you know, with some questions. Could Is he just a man corner? Is he his own corner? He did a little bit of both. And, and I think he really helped himself. Lou, I, I think that position and then left you – I think you're exactly right because what Seattle and Kansas City were able to do with young DBs that were long, come in, get them rounds four through seven, and get them to play melee and make an impact, I, man, he benefits from that this year without a doubt. I agree with you. Go ahead, Left. I'm sorry. Yeah, especially uh, you know, mentioning playing young guys, you see you know, how these teams in the, in the Super Bowl with the Eagles and the Chiefs have utilized their young running backs with – the amount that they're paying them. I mean, Dallas, Zeke is getting paid more than all the running backs on the two teams combined. 
So what would you say if, if any of the running backs stood out that could make an impact in their first year uh, in the NFL? Yeah, we know Tajay Spears is going to be at the top of the list of that. Just so, so dynamic, so fluid. Um, it's just crazy how we can have a low center of gravity cut on a dime, just be an absolute uh, star. And he was a star this week. But I'll tell you uh, another guy that I don't think is going to go super high, but I think teams are, are really going to like in the process. And that's Northwestern running back Evan Hull. Uh, he was really? really, really rock solid yeah. the entire week. Um, and he was like probably the best, I would say best overall back because he did it in pass pro. He did it in uh, the one-on-ones route running. You know, he was able to find holes and and just be balanced in the run game and, and show his contact balance. So I was in, extremely impressed with him. I liked him a little bit coming in, but I thought, you know, he showed that he is a multiple down player. And I think he's going to be a guy that sticks around for a while. Um, maybe not a true starter, but a rotational guy that uh, maybe you early, use early on third downs because he is very solid in pass uh, pass product, uh, pass pro um, and be able to stone those linebackers and, and has a receiving upside. But but he's, he's kind of that change of pace back where you're going to get three, four, five yards out of him every carry. He's always falling forward, you know, has a has a nice lower half, has quick feet. Um, I, I really was surprised by his footwork. He would go through the drills. He always looked like the most fluid and, and just balanced back uh, throughout the week. So Evan Hole from Northwestern, uh, I thought had himself a heck of a week. You see him more in the line of like an Austin Eckler. That type. Yeah, yeah, I could I could see something like that where he's going to give you tremendous value in the passing game, whether he's in blocking or he's out receiving. Uh, he. He did. He, I, I would say the the route running ability was just just smooth and 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 just seemed very natural catching the football too. You ready? Showtime on May third. Summer starts with the Fall Guy. We do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we go from there as we get ready to let you go. Wide receivers, which whether it's college football, the NFL, we have seen the ability of getting good wide receivers and how they can impact the team and the offense in the modern day. I know Michigan State, Reed had a good week for Michigan State, but who else really jumped off the practice? There was two two guys uh, in particular. Uh, I got to talk about Houston receiver uh, Tank Dell. Uh, he was simply unguardable all week. I know he's 165 pounds, a little bit on the smaller side, but 
you know, you wonder how he would handle press, how he would handle like a, a de- defensive back being in his face. And he was unguardable. They couldn't catch him at the line of scrimmage. He was too quick. His release package was too, uh, you know, too advanced. Uh, he was able to, to break the cushion quickly um, and, and just showcase that, that natural speed and, and athletic ability. Um, I, I thought he, he put in, made sure, you know, coming in, he made sure to, to answer those questions about, you know, the, the press, like how he would handle press uh, contact. He, he was able to do it all and, and from any alignment, from, you know, pretty much any route that you ask him to run, he will create separation. But more importantly, I think the guy that probably made the biggest jump in the minds probably of scouts is Stanford receiver Michael Wilson. Uh, he was tremendous every, all week long. He's a guy that only I think he only played 14 games over the last three years. And, you know, it was just injury bug after injury bug. I think it was a, a collarbone issue this year that that really uh, played them. But he got down the senior bowl. He was completely healthy. Uh, he has great size and he's fluid in the hips, breaks down. Uh, it only takes like a step or two from the breakdown, get in and out of his breaks, uh, had, has natural hands. Uh, he had a he had a couple drops yesterday, which which you know it happens. But he was wide open. He created uh, two three yards of separation. Uh, Caillou Blue Kelly, his teammate from Stanford, was a guy that uh, was pretty good in one on ones. But he he completely shook him at at the goal line. He ran a slant route and uh, completely spun him around. I mean, he he really was impressive uh, throughout the week. And I thought you know with a guy that had so such limited tape over the last couple of years something like this was was very important to get in front of NFL scouts and show like the Stanford offense didn't do him any favors. Uh, first of all, um, they, the offense just wasn't designed to his strengths, but he was able to really showcase that he's going to be a, a NFL receiver for, for quite a while. He can create separation uh, at the line of scrimmage um, and, and he's an explosive athlete. I guess we have to end with a position left. You know, a lot about the quarterbacks down there. Uh, just watching Max uh, Duggan, a lot of people talked about. Let me tell you something. The NFL Network, watching their practices, is so confusing, Left, right? Because, look, I was really trying to learn, like, because they had the coaches mic'd up when they sent the plays in. Right. So I'm listening to the play call saying, okay, I'm trying to learn the formations by these different terminologies. It's the Raiders play. I believe it's the Raiders coaching staff and the Bears coaching staff. And – you know, they. I hear left, and I'm thinking, okay, it's going to be twins left, so it's going to be two wide receivers to the left, and they come out, and there's two wide receivers to the right, and I'm like, wait a minute, hold up, like I thought I had a call to the tight end, right? And I'm bugging, and I'm like, okay, I have to talk to left about this, and man, we had that conversation, but no, it was really interesting to see these guys in a short span really take terminology and be able to go out, speak it, and then produce and execute the plays. I was very impressed from that aspect with the quarterbacks, particularly Max Duggan this week. Yeah, uh, you know, with the quarterbacks, you know, everyone is, you know, always talking about the position. They're always making, you know, quick judgments from day one. And day Mm -hmm. one is the hardest day for quarterbacks. Like, they're learning a brand-new offense. They have a new crop of receivers and tight ends. Uh, They're trying to to learn the terminology that you spoke about so day one to me, I, I don't take take a lot of stock into. It. Obviously, you you want to see them perform at a high level, but 
you know, you got to take into account the, the kind of the learning curve. But day two and day three, they really got comfortable, especially on day three. I thought, uh, you know, Duggan had some some nice, nice moments. Jake Hanner had some nice moments, especially on day three. It was a couple of nice throws he made uh, down the sideline. Um, Tyson Bajan, uh, the Division two quarterback, I thought he had an up and down senior bowl. But I thought for the most part, he showed that he has arm speed. You know, he can can really can really whip the ball. And I think a team is really going to have to tell him dial it down a little bit. He needs to, to learn some some touch throws and kind of get that uh, a little bit more consistent. But, but I thought he handled himself nicely this week. Um, so uh, Clayton Toon, too, I thought he showed exactly what he was at Houston. You know, a pocket passer able to deliver the football, uh, going to keep you on on schedule. Uh, Jaron Hall had some nice moments too. Showed some some nice touch down the field. I thought you know he probably threw the prettiest deep ball of all the quarterbacks. Um, you know, be able to push the ball down the field that that a vertical ability. Um, so you know, for me, like I don't think there was like you know like huge winners from the quarterback positions, but I thought they all showed they can play um, and and really uh, kind of handle the the NFL workload and uh, you know be able to retain knowledge, be able to kind of get comfortable and. Uh, they they all made their own moments, uh, you know, throughout the week. Um, Malik Cunningham, you know, had an up and down week too, but I thought there there was a play he made uh, on goal line at team where he just showed his athletic ability. He, he's he's going to be be a guy that uh, teams are teams like just what he's able to do and create outside of structure. Uh, there was a nice play where he found the running back in the back of the end zone, uh, you know, after scrambling to the right. So all these guys, you know, made made some plays throughout the week and. And I thought they all show, you know, like, you know, they're worthy of, you know, at least make it into NFL roster and into NFL camp um, and, and showcase what they can do. Once again, Devin Jackson, Philly Inquirer, covers college sports. Also a betting producer, man. I got to get him back on during the season, bro. He might have to be our betting guest. He definitely got to get him back he, on. It's for the Culture Fridays right here, the Lucky Lefty right. Podcast. Go follow him right now, Real D underscore Jackson on Twitter. Dev, man, get home safe. Much success and blessings to you, man. And we'll we'll tap in with you as we get closer to the NFL draft. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, you know, great talking ball with both of you. And and uh, I'll definitely be uh, you know, listening throughout this uh the draft process and and you know throughout the season to this podcast. So appreciate you having me on, guys. Hey, much love, D. Once again, Devin Jackson from the Philly Inquirer, right there, Lucky Lefty Podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, oh, YouTube. Follow, subscribe, hit the like button.